Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. All right, RJ, I've got a question for you. Earlier today, I figured out a semi-personal, and by that I mean not really personal at all, connection between myself and Alexander Wenberg. Can you guess what it is? You both have fantastic hair. That is true. That is true. No, this is more of the same place, same time variety. Okay. Let me think. That, and and everybody listening, I am legit springing this on him right now as we go live. Like, no talk about this beforehand at all. Yeah, this is catching me totally by surprise. And I'm trying to think. Okay, my first thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna think out loud here. Wenberg, I think Florida Panthers. He wasn't there in 2015 when we went to the draft. Same mm-hmm. place, same time. I did you go to some kind of Ducks Panthers game, um, or back with the Blue Jackets? Some kind of hmm. Same place, same time. I know you haven't visited Sweden. Um, no, I have not been lucky enough to do that. Yep. I know you studied Lundqvist speak, as you called it, briefly. Yes. yes, I did take a semester of that. I still remember a decent-ish amount. As much as you could remember from one semester in high school of any language. <laughs> right. Um, I-, I don't think I'm going to be able to guess this one, Dylan. What is it? He was the 14th overall pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets at the 2013 NHL draft. Oh, so, okay. So I know you were at that draft. That was the McDavid bus crash draft. So wonder if he was on that was bus. I, I don't know that you would recognize him if he was there. No, I, I still think about who was on the bus. The people I remember was Nathan McKinnon, for sure, obviously. Um, <laughs> JT Comfer and, oh gosh, who was the first round pick for the Canadians? Michael McCarron. Those are the mm, three I remember yep. for sure being there. But uh, but I, it was just funny because I remember, I mean, I don't remember thinking of him at all back then. Like <laughs> He wasn't one of the people I'd done scouting reports for, for yelling at the ref.com or anything like that. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting that uh, that was when he was picked. Yeah, I like that challenge. Just throw, throw out something <laughs> just like that. Completely that trying, yes. um, all right. So as we move into Kraken news today. Uh, I mean, you're just coming from some news. I guess we should just start with that. Fresh, hot yeah. off the presses. Exactly. Uh, just coming from a Brandon Tanev media availability. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's good news, too. I mean, it's to announce kind of a new role for him for the rest of the season. I know we haven't seen a whole lot of him since that torn ACL. You know, unfortunately, he'll be out for the season. He won't be playing anymore. Um, but He will be volunteering his time kind of throughout the recovery process. He's going to host some virtual meet and greets. He's going to be out doing things in the community. And he's going to be joining the Kraken broadcast, which uh, I know we're all looking forward to. Uh, You know, he was asked, you know, what that role was going to be like uh, on the broadcast. And he said, you know, he's going to have some fun and maybe throw some subtle jabs at some teammates along the way. So keep an eye out for those. I I think uh, we're all looking forward to that. And uh, do you think he's going to maybe chirp some opponents a little bit? How could you not? How could you not exactly. resist the, the, the chance to do that, you know, being put in that privileged position? Yeah. And you remember earlier in the season, the uh, the chirp to Jeff Skinner, you know, how'd you get that contract? <laughs> exactly. No. I, I, yeah. I don't know how personal he'd get on any of them, but uh, I, I think he should be a lot of fun. I mean, he was there for a preseason game, right? 
Yeah, yeah I think so. I remember he did stop by the yeah. booth. So I think it's just going to be a great time, a great idea, you know, from everyone in the Kraken mm -hmm. organization. Because you can't just let him kind of sit there in the background. No. And, you know, with, with how much Brandon Tanev has, uh, you know, we've all grown to love him in this community and everything. Uh, you need to have him out there doing something and, and connecting with the fans still. Yeah, he's been such a fan favorite. Uh, I mean, di didn't he win the poll on who you got to, if you can only keep one, Davy Jones or Brandon Tanev? Didn't Brandon Tanev win that poll? Yes, that awful, <laughs> awful poll. Terrible <laughs> poll. Oh, absolute yep. terrible poll there. Um, yeah, Brandon Tanev, anytime we get more of him, I'm all for it. So I'm super pumped and excited about this. Uh, but that wasn't the only news from earlier today. The other piece of news being that the Coachella Valley Firebirds unveiled their jerseys finally, RJ. And I think they look fantastic. I've loved the, you know, the, the crest that they've had, the logo that we've seen from them. I think it's really dope. Um, and these jerseys, they look really sweet. They do. And after seeing the logo when it was released, I knew the jerseys were going to look good. I mean, you know... They kind of had to, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. You can still mess it up, but uh, certainly they did not. Um, I love the design. It's you know, it's kind of simple. I, I think it shows off the shoulder logo as well, which I'm also a big fan of. Mm -hmm. uh, and probably the biggest Kraken-related design element is that little uh, you know, kind of ice blue stripe there on the bottom, which I think is a really cool, creative nod to the Kraken. There, I know most NHL teams have some kind of a nod to their, oh, sorry, AHL teams have some kind mm -hmm. of a nod to their NHL affiliate. Usually it's just putting the NHL team's logo right on the shoulders, which I've never been a huge fan no. of. Um, but this is definitely kind of a more subtle, more creative, and I think just better looking uh, nod to their NHL team. Yeah, I mean, you were engaged a little bit with uh, Brian earlier on Twitter. Brian, big you know fan of the show. Shout out to him uh, about that. And yeah, I mean, it, it stands out. It's I think it looks really good. It, it fits in well with the color scheme surprisingly like it doesn't seem weird and out of place that you just have this little blue stripe in an otherwise you know i guess you have dark blue as kind of the main color of it all but um i i think it works really well of course anybody knows anything about graphic design orange and blue goes goes together pretty well opposite sides of the color wheel all that kind of stuff um i i like it and yes i wanted to talk about the shoulder patch because one of arguably my favorite shoulder patch in the nhl is the Florida Panthers with the mm -hmm. palm tree and the setting sun and all that. I've always thought that that's just the most beautiful shoulder patch around. And lo and behold, what do we get on the Coachella Valley Firebirds palm tree in this beautiful like shield um, design with, you know, kind of reminiscent of the mountains and everything. It looks really, really nice. Absolutely. And just kind of matches the scenery too. You ever been around there? Mm -hmm. Lots of the palm trees around and of course the mountains always in the background. Uh, just really well done on those shoulder patches. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see this team play. I'm excited to get some hands on some merch as well. Because uh, just like I said, I just I love that main Firebirds logo. I just think it looks so good. Uh, really excited by it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on those jerseys? No, I just think uh, Kraken have got to be one of the best looking whole organizations, you know, <laughs> in uh, in sports, really. So just glad to see them. Yes, uh, that is for sure. All right. Other things that have happened in the last week before we kind of move on to this week's games. We'll touch on those, of course. And then really the, the main reason, the, the, the big story for this podcast, which is, of course, our midseason grades 
for all the players on the Kraken. Uh, David Jones. I mean, we got to touch on it. We mentioned him earlier. I don't know what else we could say that hasn't already been said about the Kraken team's dog. But, I mean, David Jones, adorable. Love having him around. Key to turning the season around? Seems like that might be the case every time that he's been shown in the in-game presentation on the Jumbotron. The Kraken have won their 3-0 when that's the case. Uh, so keep doing that, please. <laughs> Get some more wins. Uh, but yeah, great to see Davy Jones. Uh, like It's awesome to have a team dog. Love that they adopted the team dog. You know, the backstory is great and everything. And um, yeah, just so cute, adorable. Uh, and honestly, I know we've all wanted a mascot. It feels better than a mascot. <laughs> I still want the mascot, but if you know, can only have one. Right. I mean, it it all depends on what the mascot is, too, and, and how they're going to use them. And, and all mm -hmm. of that, of course, will go into it. Uh, probably going to be more accessible to fans than the team dog, right? Generally, team dog isn't like, you know, something you could just run up and take pictures with and everything. Um, but yes, what were they thinking during that Blues game? He I, was there. He was in the building. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. And uh, as we talked about last night on the uh, post-game live after that Panthers game, I mean, clearly Davy Jones is responsible for Philip Grubauer's resurgence this year. I see no other <laughs> explanation, really. You know, he uh, has gone back and forth with the different pads and the CCF thing, you know, played well, played poorly, different things. But as soon as Davy Jones hit the scene, Grubauer's back. Yep, he's been lights out since Davy Jones has been around. Uh, you know, no such thing as coincidence when it comes to anything like this. That's for sure. We all know that in hockey. Um, all right, so that's that's Davy Jones. All right, RJ. So this has been arguably the best week the Kraken have had since we started covering them. Kind of kind of crazy. Uh, starting all the way back last Monday, I think it was, with the uh, the win, the shootout win over the Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. You know, just that game, I mean, Flower was incredible. Can't say enough about Flower's performance in that game. But, you know, Kraken kept the pressure on, and they got it done. They did. It, Flower tried many a time to steal that game. Almost did. But the Kraken kept pushing. They stuck with their game and ultimately prevailed in the shootout after an overtime period where they just controlled everything. They didn't allow a single shot. Um but yeah, good to see it finally go their way. It's one of those games that you could definitely feel like earlier in the season, they would have found mm -hmm. a way to lose or just somehow it would have not gone their way. But I think that gave them a ton of confidence and coming out of that nine game losing streak, that was huge. It was absolutely huge. And and yes, I mean, to, to beat a goalie that looked that good, that was doing everything possible to steal that game. That is not hard. That is not easy. That's not hard. That is not easy to beat a goalie that is playing the way Flower played in that game. Um, penalty kill was on point in that game. Blackhawks were only one for five on the power play in that one. Um, you know, shots on goal, Kraken absolutely dominated, kind of got back to their old form of, you know, we're just going to just, you know, dominate certain during certain stretches we're just going to look like the you know the best team in hockey as far as putting shots on net all that stuff and then really just the cherry on top of it all Donskoy getting that shootout game-winning goal really or I guess technically yeah, I, wasn't the game winner but it, it sealed the deal 
for sure. And that's huge for his confidence. I mean, you'd think still hasn't scored an, an actual goal in regulation or overtime this season. Uh, but you could see just the look on his face after scoring that one and, and his teammates too, how mm -hmm. happy they were for him. I mean, you know, that's just, just big for a guy who's struggled to get a lot of breaks this season. Yes. Then you have the Sharks game where, you know, we beat the Sharks again, established dominance of the ocean. It's very important. <laughs> Although we can argue about, you know, the ducks floating above the water. They're, they've been a problem. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> if we're sticking with the and, mythical creature. Anything but. underwater, though. you got to take care of underwater first, then you uh, can start. Vancouver, I mean, they got the they got the orca thing. Uh, it's, uh, okay, yeah. It, they're not okay. called the orcas, though, so there's some room to negotiate there. Um, but what was interesting about this game was that it was very, very different to that Chicago game. You know, there were times that the Kraken looked very well. They had no answers for the Sharks' top line at all. Like not that entire game, uh, they were just running rough shot all over them. But, you know, Carson Soucy coming through when you need him the most. Six goals already on the year for Carson Soucy. You know, it's well documented. I didn't know a lot about him coming in. I was kind of, you know, dubious about what his offensive output could be. I've been proven wrong many times, but I mean, did, did we think he'd be leading the defenseman in goal scoring this far into the season, the halfway point? Absolutely not. And he didn't either, because he's been asked about this a few times whenever he has one of these bursts of goals. But no, I, I, he didn't He didn't think so either. This is not something he planned out of the season, but he's been shooting the puck really well. He's been opportunistic, you know, kind of jumping mm -hmm. in from the point, and it showed in that game. I think he had, I did the math, it was like 14% of his entire career output in goals in that game. <laughs> Yeah, so, it was a yeah. very, very dominant performance from him. Uh, and then the rest of the team kind of backing him up. Again, the, the penalty kill, just remarkable. Sharks only go one for six. Got to stay out of the box, Kraken. Don't know what you're doing there. Um, but the PK was on point. And yeah, I mean, not a not a ton of offense from the Kraken in this one, though. And uh, it, was, it was one of those where you get that goal 38 seconds in from Hurdle. And it was like, oh, no, here we go again. But really, second period on, Kraken, they turned it on. They did. And that was one of the remarkable things is that they didn't get down on themselves after really a poorly played first period. Uh, they, you know, they stuck with it and they and they found their game. And most importantly, Grubauer gave them time to find their game. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. He he was phenomenal in that game. Uh as well i mean it's it is interesting because really as we'll as we'll go through the last two games this week with the exception of the next game we're going to talk about really showed them them growing and fixing a lot of the problems that they've had so much this year in that chicago one you have them finishing the game right it's a game you've dominated you're 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 the team that should be winning and and you did find a way to win as you know as much as flower tried to keep that from happening that was something that they have struggled with in the past, you know, keeping leads, winning games that they that they should win. This Sharks game was very much, okay, we're we're kind of playing from behind, but we're going to stick with it and we're going to make sure we come out on top and we're going to kind of grind things out. And and that's something that, you know, you and I thought the Kraken would be able to do and would be doing a lot of nights uh, before the season started based on this roster. But it was good to see that actually finally happen for them. And then we get the St. Louis game last Friday night. 
Do we have to talk about this one? I, I mean, I don't want to. We'll mention it briefly just because it did happen. It was brutal. It was terrible. Poor Joey Decor. Just team hanging him out to dry yet again. I don't know. What did he ever do to any of these guys, I don't know. I I mean, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit in the in the player grades, too, because I wanted to include him because I just think he deserves this honorable mention for doing really well when put into some of the toughest spots I've ever seen mm-hmm. for a goalie. And it's been that way all season. I just thrown into a really bad spot did well to keep them in the game as long as he possibly could but this was just a game the kraken were not going to allow themselves to have a chance in yeah no they just didn't show up i said it on the post game live joey decor was the only kraken player who showed up for this game and uh and it showed in the in the end result uh five nothing loss all right and then last night rj taking out the top team in the league again season sweep of the florida panthers for the seattle kraken and you know less than five minutes in panthers are on the board it's just that oh no here we go again kind of thing but the kraken they just kind of took charge of this game in a weird way up until the last two minutes when panthers went crazy but they looked in control yes throughout the whole game and that's something that you know we remember from that first game against florida that was in florida the kraken just kind of looked in control but even more so in this one i think they had the better of the play throughout the first period where they were losing one nothing after the period and they had just controlled just about every shift except maybe the first one mm-hmm. uh but again they didn't get discouraged you know they stuck with it knowing that if they kept playing that way the bounces were going to come and they were going to do well Thankfully, they finally did get rewarded. I was worried that just somehow they might not. Uh, but then, you know, they score this flurry of goals in the second period. The mm-hmm. Panthers still come back yeah. uh, and get a couple of their own to tie the game. And, you know, on that last one, you know, or the third one, on just this bounce that, you know, off Gord's stick, that's just so unlucky where it felt like the Kraken deserved so much better than what they were getting considering how they played. And it's definitely one of those games where a team can look at that and get discouraged and just be like, look, this isn't going to happen for us. They're, they're too skilled. And even though we play as well as we possibly can, they're just going to find a way. But that thought never really entered their head. And the Kraken just stuck with it, came out strong in the third period and scored one early and, and hung on even through a crazy chaotic final two minutes where they needed Philip Grubauer to be at the very top of his game. Yes, and he was, and we talked about it on the, the post-game live, the defense helping him out It really throughout the game and throughout the last week a lot. Um, but certainly in those last two minutes, I mean, they did an excellent job of making sure that they were clearing out people in front. The little rebounds that he was allowing, just because it's you know natural, were not being able to be scooped up by the Panthers. He was able to see everything, could not overstate how important it is in a frantic situation like that for the goalie to have clear sight lines to the back perimeter where the puck is that makes a world of difference um yeah grubauer was fantastic team effort full 60 minutes to me that's the most impressive thing because those games i mean i think i can count on one hand the amount of times that the kraken have looked you know like they're they're going 110 percent for the full 60 this season really really happy to see that from this team and then yes you talk about the bounces we cut you know we get one the 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 blackwell goal off his head heads it into the heads it into the net but again just this team is so unlucky you hit some more posts that was a big thing all week for the crack and hitting posts um you have the one that you mentioned off gord's stick 
got uh, the third, I think, off off of Susie's skate in mm-hmm. this year. Like unbelievably poor luck uh, for Carson Susie personally there, but uh, you know it, the Kraken they showed the resilience. They they were able to beat you know destiny if that's what was working against them in those moments. Although it maybe came through with that late uh, stick break. I don't remember if it was Huberto. I think it was maybe. Um, I think yeah yeah but uh yes kraken it was dominant performance really the only thing that was not working for them was the power play where they went over four um the power play really this last week has has been the one place you could look at besides the amount the, the taking penalties aspect of it all um the power play has been a little rough you go back i'm, I'm trying to see what their power play was. Obviously they, they didn't score any goals in the St. Louis one. They were 0 for three in the Sharks game. Uh, 0 for four on that St. Louis game. I mean, the power play, it had started to come together, but I, I feel like right now that's the only thing maybe that's keeping these close wins, close wins rather than just being flat out dominant wins. Yeah. It's just missed some opportunities to really pull away in some games and, and, so you don't have to go through as much stress as they have recently. Yes. But uh, it's definitely something to work on, but we've seen that they can improve it. Yes, and 0 for 3 in that Chicago game. So no power play goals this whole week, which is pretty insane, especially considering they've had like close to 20 um, opportunities there. Yeah, and as far as things that we've seen all throughout the week, consistent, uh, well, that's A, been the big thing, just consistency. <laughs> been missing mm-hmm. from this team a lot this year. Getting net front presences in the offensive zone has been huge. Almost every, you know, all the games that they've scored, they have scored at least one of their goals coming off of a screen where the goalie just has no clue where the puck is, where it's coming from, that it's even been shot. Like, it's huge. And, and you know, talk about the defense giving Grubauer clear sight lines. The fact that the Kraken are finally getting net front there, making sure they're getting screens on goaltenders, I mean, that's huge. Maybe that's the key to helping out the power play a little bit. Um, do that instead of trying to set up your little fun triangle play to the bumper guy. Maybe it's just <laughs> as simple as taking some bombs from the point with some with some net front presence. But I think, to me, that's been indicative of just the overall effort that this team has put in. They're, they're going to the dirty areas now. You talked last night about how they've changed their kind of dump, how they've changed their dump-ins. So that the dump and chase isn't, you know, just turning the puck over every time. You can maybe establish something in the zone. I just feel like this the team has bought in from an effort standpoint now, and that's really, really nice to see. For sure. And it's something that over the nine-game losing streak, we started to question the effort. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good to see that that's kind of turned around and that they're getting rewarded for it too. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's when it could really tail off is when you do start to do the right things and for whatever reason, it, it doesn't go your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's when it could get really dangerous, but it's good to see them rewarded for it. Yes. And, uh, and I think that that's the kind of momentum that they can build into, you know, keeping this, this ball rolling. Certainly that's what we hope. So I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, all right. So that's kind of the overall team perspective recently. Last night, obviously, 41st game. That's the exact halfway point of the season. Couldn't have come at a better time for us to do midseason grades uh, in this episode. So, RJ, why don't you take it away? You can kind of lead us through this endeavor. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for, midseason player grades. So we are going to grade each Kraken player 
through the entire body of work through the first half of the season. So, you know, a couple points to just kind of explain how we're going to do this. As I said, it's entire body of work over the full first half of the season. We'll try and avoid recency bias as much as we can. It's going to be hard to do. Uh, and then second, the grades are also going to be kind of weighted on how the player was expected to do, kind of what their expected role was going to be. Uh, you know, so just for example, um, I've given like Riley Shane an A and I've given Jaden Schwartz a C, you know, a couple spoilers there, but just to explain, you know, obviously Jaden Schwartz has, you know, has been a better player probably, you know, he's contributed more to the team in, in a lot of ways than Riley Shane has been. But if you look at it based on the role that they were supposed to play, and kind of what they were supposed to do. You know, I think Shane has kind of excelled more compared to expectations uh, than Jaden Schwartz has. So just explaining kind of the grading system there. Um, anything else to add, Dylan? No, no, just excited to get into it. All right, let's get started and we'll go net out. And uh, we will start with Philip Grubauer. So again, looking at the whole body of work, I know he's played really well over the past week, but I have no choice but to give him an F for the first half of the season. I, I just, you look at any major goalie stat, any indicator of how well or how poorly a goalie is played. And, you know, this is almost historically bad from Philip Grubauer in the first half of the season. And you could point to it as one of the main reasons the Kraken are as low as they are in the standings. Hopefully, it seems like he's starting to turn it around. And in the second half, uh, he can do a lot better. But uh, yeah, I, I got to give him an F for the first half. Right, and I totally understand that. I mean, how many times were we talking about leaky goals, goals you got to have, certainly a goalie of his caliber with a contract like his. You just got to make some of the saves that he wasn't making. I, a slightly better grade for me. I've given him a D. It's still not a passing grade, but I'm just going to give him a little benefit of the doubt that his D has been pretty bad at times this year, and the team as a whole has been really bad in front of him at times. So as much as there were goals that certainly he should have, there were plenty of times where he was you know, just kind of hung out to dry by everybody as well. So I wanted to kind of factor that in. But yes, I mean... Come the end of the season, if he plays the way he's been playing this past week, totally going to be a totally different story. But based on everything so far this year, as you said, I mean, it's you're approaching levels that have just never been seen before. <laughs> yeah, that's my reasoning for my grade. It's just if, if that doesn't warrant an F, I don't know what does. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those where, yeah, hopefully you can turn it around uh, really quickly. Yeah. So... Moving on to Chris Drieger, and I'm tempted to just give him an incomplete here, <laughs> you know, if you could do that, because uh, he just has not had any chance to get a rhythm going. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, between you know, injury with the knee, kind of twice going, you know, going on injured reserve, and then COVID, as soon as he's starting to turn everything around, has his two best games of the season, he's in COVID protocol, and he's been eligible to return to, and he still hasn't come back, so leads me to believe that he's probably not feeling the best right now, too. So it's tough. I, if I had to give him a grade, I guess it's tough because looking at his numbers, they're not very good mm -mm. over the course of the season. So I'm going to say C minus trying to take into account all the stuff he's had to deal with. Uh, but really incomplete is kind of the grade here. Yeah, I, I was going to give him C plus. 
Okay. I'm kind of on that side of average, a little bit more on the optimistic and I see, side. Uh, I see early on I'm becoming the villain here. I think that <laughs> might just be how it's going. Yes, I guess so. Um, just because, I mean, it's one of those things that at the few times he is in net and the few times that you can tell he's actually healthy, because there's been plenty of games this year where it's clear he's not 100% or he wasn't 100%, whether it was leading into IR stints or coming off of IR stints. Um during those few games where he's been himself, just the energy level that he plays with and the confidence that you can see the team takes from him, I think that's where, you know, that's what kind of pushes him over that, that line for me uh, into the C-plus area, which again, still isn't great. Uh, rebound control, horrendous this year. Absolutely horrendous this year. Needs to work on that for sure consistency at times definitely needs to be worked on but just the fact that during almost all of the games that he's played this year the team just seems like a different team in front of him and I, and I really think that 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 comes from him and and I think that that's something that the Kraken have certainly needed through the first half of this season so uh, I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for that one. But yes, it's it's really hard to make this call because we've seen some atrocious games, but those were, you know, right around injuries. So you don't know how much of that's to blame. And then you've, you know, some fantastic games as well. It's it's just a tough one. Right now, moving on to tough call, another tough call to make as far as a goalie, uh, Joey Decord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just went the same thing as Drieger, C minus because he's been put into some really tough spots, as we mentioned earlier. A lot of times when he's been put into a game, he's the only one who really shows up to play that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and against good teams, too. The Blues most recently, but also against the Oilers when they were really clicking. Yep. Had a lot of power plays against him, too. Uh, you know, So I, I want to give him a higher grade, but uh, you know, 858 save percentage. <laughs> you know, It kind of limits what you can do there. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, again, this one, I'm going to be, I was just going to give it a straight C just because I'm totally willing to factor in how the team has played in front of it. Just that St. Louis game, right? I mean, that's accounting for 25% of his grade here and nobody was there to help him out at all. And you could argue back in that Edmonton game, it was the exact same story. Just no one was going to help this kid out at all. He was just off on an island by himself. Um, so if you're talking about half the games, him having zero support whatsoever, you're talking about the the Pittsburgh game where he comes in into a disastrous situation there as well. Like it's really hard to get on Joey for for anything. Um, so I'm I'm really trying not to look at his, just his stats because knowing the situations and knowing that there've been so few opportunities, those situations mean that much more because you're looking at a four game sample size. Um, I, I, I just, I can't give him anything negative, but yes, at the same time, there's only been a handful of times where he's maybe looked like the guy as well. Uh, he needs to improve his five hole coverage a lot. Uh, that's been, that's been clear through almost all of these performances. Love his glove. That's really cool. Um, but you know, there's, there's still some, some goalie technique stuff that he can definitely refine that I do think had he had a larger sample size would have come into play. And, and kept him down a little bit as well. For sure. All right, moving on to the defense. And we'll start with the captain, Mark Giordano. And I'm sure there might be a lot of, uh, you know, non-Kraken fans who are maybe watching this 
thinking maybe he could be a trade deadline day acquisition uh, for their team and trying to see, okay, well, how has he done? You know, what could he add to your team? And uh, so I'm going to give him an A plus grade this season. I think he has just done everything you could possibly, you know, want him to do as, as a top pairing defenseman. Uh, basically, just think of like his Norris caliber season that he had a few years ago. Nothing has changed. He has been absolutely perfect in every single way. And I think he'd be a great acquisition for any team at the trade deadline. You know, a first round pick, probably a bargain, maybe two first round picks, I think still would be worth it. So A plus 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 from me. All right. And now that all those, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kraken fans, listen up. All right. (laughs) So I'm going to give Giordano a C. Uh, And. He's had probably a rougher season so far than than a lot of us, you know, were expecting. I think looking back, maybe the expectations were a little bit too high, just given, you know, his age. He's he's getting older. You can't play the same way, you know, Norris Trophy caliber hockey, you know, into your late 30s. Very few players do that. Um, but, you know, he's had flashes of brilliance for sure. Uh, that last game against the Flames, he was excellent. He's blocked a lot of shots in this past week too, and he's you know shown more energy. But he has had these down stretches as well. I think it all kind of averages out to a C. Um, I think it should also be mentioned too. Just I think he's done well in keeping the mood of the locker room, you know, okay and and still you know upbeat enough during some really tough times. And you know, as far as the media stuff too, he's kind of taken on that responsibility of the captain and even through some really tough times, he's gone out there and answered every question, you know, thoroughly and honestly, uh, which, you know, not everyone can do that really well. So credit to him there. Yeah. I actually, I have him a little higher. I have him a B minus because, you know, really he's had two bad months, two good months. If you look at it, that kind of averages out to be, you know, average, (laughs) uh, (laughs) just to just to say it bluntly but you know really since since he got back from covid he's actually been really really good for this team he's been really really solid defensively i feel like he adjusted what he was trying to do on offense certainly those first two months he he was trying to be the player he was and it just was not there he's gotten away from that now He's not trying to do those things anymore. We are no longer sitting there talking about his insanely long windup, the the delays he was taking in shooting the puck or making a pass. He is he's decided, nope, I'm going to be more of a distributor on the power play. I'm going to be more of a distributor on offense. My job's just going to be to keep the puck in the zone, make sure we're not giving up breakaways. And I think him doing that, we've seen the difference um since then you know no longer are we seeing these really brutal goals with him out on the ice and and that's been very different for this team or at least certainly not as often as we were from him um so it's it's one of those expectation wise my expectations weren't super high on him just because of his age contract year at that age all that kind of stuff um I, I wasn't thinking too much. And then, yes, you bring in the, you know, off ice, you know, intangible aspect of it. I've been critical of his leadership. Again, it's hard to know without being in the room, but I've been critical through, you know, almost all the losing streaks about how really no one on that team seemingly getting upset and really trying to will the team out of it. Uh, plenty of games where the Kraken have started slow that anybody could have just stepped in 
and really tried to get something going. Go fight somebody. Go lay out somebody with a big hit. Just do something to get the, the energy going. And ultimately, that is kind of his responsibility as captain is to lead, uh, whether it's on the ice or off the ice. So definitely gets, you know, that's what keeps him from being like a B or a B plus for me is I'm going to knock him down a little bit there. All right. Get some good points there. Uh, moving on to Jamie Alexiak. Uh, and I'm going to give him a B. I, I think he's, uh, you know, kind of done what was expected of him coming in there. He's been, you know, just a stable guy on defense. He's contributed more offensively than I than I would have thought, or at least going to some of those offensive areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, given the lack of guys on the right side also, I think it's he's done a good job kind of stabilizing the right side. He's been paired with a lot of different guys. Uh, he's been out of the lineup recently, uh, you know, with... Uh, well, with, uh, I guess, something. non-COVID illness. Yeah, with something. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a solid B. What do you think? I'm going to give him an A, just a straight-up okay. A. I haven't really seen a lot from him this year that wasn't expected. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't expecting him to come in and be this, like, lockdown top two defenseman that's going to do all this stuff, right? Because he's never totally been that before in his career. And we've got, you know, plenty of tape to go back and look at and and see, you know, why that's been the case. But, you know, we're seeing it right now with his absence, what that's meant to the D pairings and, and what it's done to the team. Talk about what he's been able to do offensively. He's arguably been their biggest driver of offense from like an advanced stats standpoint. You're talking about a guy that they are putting out defensive zone starts 62.5% of the time, okay? And yet his Corsi 4 is 47.7, Fenwick 4, 47.9. Like that's pretty good. That's, that is impressive. That's that's really good, actually. And, and I think that that gets lost in things is he... He doesn't use his size the way we expect someone of his size to use his size, right? That That is something that I think has always been a sticking point for him for a lot of people is people expect something from him just because of his size, and he just doesn't play that way. But he plays a really smart brand of hockey. He gets the puck out of your zone, gets it into the other zone, can help lay shots on net, can create havoc in the defensive zone for the other team by driving the net. I just think he brings a lot to it. Just because it's not necessarily what we expect him to bring doesn't mean he's not bringing uh, a lot to this Kraken team, and we're seeing that with his absence now. Now, I'm glad you brought up the size element because that was the one thing that kind of kept me from grading him a little bit higher is just remembering some moments where he didn't use his size in, in a way that I would have liked to see it. And I understand that's just kind of his game. You explained it well, but I, I think of that one moment where the, the Alex to mm-hmm. rush in that first Blackhawks game where he's leaning on him and probably could have just thrown him down if he wanted mm-hmm. to, uh, but chose not to do that. And to it ended up scoring uh, just little moments like that, where I think it did, you know, um, you know, kind of affect the team a little bit, but overall good. And I can tell, like, I'm, I'm definitely going to be a tougher grader through all of this than you are. Well, so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm a tough that, thing. I'm that teacher that everyone hates. Yeah. You got to grade no. on the curve, RJ. Got to look at mm-hmm. this compared to everything else. I just think, you know, he doesn't use his size physically, but he uses his long reach and his stick a lot to disrupt plays. I, I think that's important. And he's arguably been the smartest guy in the defensive zone for this team besides Adam Larson. Mm-hmm which again is is not you know something to ignore um so yeah well you brought up adam larson 
He's next. How about All you right. start with Adam Larson? I, I think you deserve the honors there. A plus plus, right? He's the classic uh, eBay rating where you just give like a, a bunch of A's and then like a thousand pluses till you run out of the character <laughs> limit. Uh, uh, no, he's been he's been pretty good. I I've always loved him going way back to his draft year, 2011. I've thought he's been fantastic all the way since then. Uh, I'm going to give him an A minus though, just because there have been times this year where I feel like he's lost interest for, for lack of a better word. Obviously we know everything that he's done defensively. Uh, he, you know, was able to cover up Lausanne for a lot of the year when Lausanne was struggling a lot. Uh, he's been very, very solid defensively. He's been good on offense. He keeps pucks in the zone. He'll throw pucks on the net from the points, which is something that for whatever reason on this team is a rarity. Uh, not, not used to seeing that, but he does that. And, and he's just been super solid, been really good in transition. Ar you know, I wouldn't say arguably their best defender in transition, their best defender in transition. Um, although Giordano is getting better there too. Um, so he, he's just been fantastic doing everything we, we wanted of someone that we could lean on defensively, that kind of stud veteran that's going to come in and, and help everybody out. But there are times where, you know, certainly during the losing streaks where there are just some games where he'll just kind of lose it and he's just kind of going through motions and you can tell that the effort's not there uh, or the engagement really is the problem. It's not necessarily the effort, it's the engagement because I think just with the engagement, his effort would come. Uh, and then there's the penalty aspect. Clearly there are just times he gets pissed off probably at his own team and then he takes it out on the other team and it'll just draw a stupid penalty for no reason and he's done it enough that I think that that's got away on his grade yeah and you brought up a lot of good points there and the reason I ended up going with the B plus um and you know it was right on that B plus a minus line but I, I just kept thinking about you know the the penalties and again just some of the times where he was wasn't himself and that's the reason I make it lower because I've seen how good he can be mm -hmm. like when he's playing at his peak he's you know it's a plus hockey you know from anyone really and uh yeah I, I think it's just got to be that a little more consistently be that all the time and and he's right there in a territory but again love what he brings love his game next is Vince Dunn so I'm gonna go with the C here um because he hasn't been bad he's had even some really good flashes too offensively but I don't think he's been the game-breaking offensive defenseman that we really hoped he could be going into the season. And you look at expectations, and I think that's kind of what we, you know, we're hoping to get from him. The Blues had a lot of good options in the expansion draft to pick from, mm -hmm. and um, you know, Vince Dunn showed a lot of promise as just a guy who could be really the only true dynamic offensive defenseman the Kraken would have. You look at the blue line, it's a lot of bigger guys. It's a lot of more defensively oriented guys like Alexiak, like Larson that we were just talking about. Um, and, and Dunn was supposed to be kind of the guy to really generate a ton of that offense. Hasn't really done that. No. And it's interesting because, you know, we did have high expectations for him. And what's interesting is you look at the numbers and he's essentially playing the exact same season he played last year. Like his number, his points pace, goals pace, advanced stats, time on ice, like everything is the exact same as it was in St. Louis last year. So really we can't fault that, you know, we got the player that we were drafting in that sense, right? We got exactly who he was last year. He has not regressed in the slightest. It's just that, you know, we had that expectation that coming here, maybe he'd have a slightly, you know, expanded role and he would really flourish in that. And, you know, I get it. That's, that's, disappointing on the one hand but on the other hand it's like you know 
maybe we should expect every 25 year old to blossom, right? Like maybe there was a reason he hadn't done it in St. Louis prior to that. Uh, so yeah, my grade, my grade for him was a C just because he's been pretty average, certainly as far as expectations go, you're not, not as, as far as everything, but expectations go, he's just been pretty average. He's done what he needs to do on the second unit power play. He's played defense. Okay. At times, like he kind of goes up and down. He'll go through some stretches where he's just not making plays at all. And other times where he looks really totally competent. And then other times where he's making these ridiculous, you know, aggressive pinch-ups that just result in these odd man rushes the other way that are absolutely brutal. Uh, so given him a C, I think that the, the positives are still there. Like I said, he is still basically the same player he was in St. Louis. And that's something that the Kraken need and have used. It's just, yeah, he, he didn't explode with an expanded role. That being said, I mean, he's, he, he isn't really in that much more of an expanded role than he was in, in St. Louis anyway. No, he's not. That's definitely something I've noticed where they haven't kind of maybe given him all the opportunities that, that they could to be in that expanded role, like yeah. being on the number one power play. That's the, that's the really the only like last, you know, thing for him to do is to be on that first unit power play. And, and yes, it's kind of insane that they haven't put him there, uh, you know, for any decent stretch of time. But yeah, I mean, as far as time on ice goes, I mean, he was getting over 19 minutes last year in St. Louis. So it wasn't like he was, you know, sheltered on some third line, not seeing any game. So it's one of those that like looking back at it, it's like, yeah, maybe our expectations were too high just because we we did that, not because of anything, you know, that's a fault of his. Yeah. Now, I want to say through seven players, it took seven players before we actually agreed on a grade. Mm-hmm. So we got one. Yeah. Vince Dunn, we can agree upon. Yep. All right. Next is Carson Soucy. And I'm going to go with a B plus, And I have a feeling you might go a little higher just based on your uh you know on your scale but you look at certainly like with the advanced stats he has been the kraken's best defenseman uh you know 51.5 percent uh you know fenwick four uh despite having less than 50 percent offensive zone starts um and again offensively he's just really come into his own generated you know a career year as far as goals uh, and doing stuff that I don't think we really even expected him to do or, th- or thought he was necessarily capable of from a scoring perspective. Uh, but credit to him in that. Um, and and I guess the B plus, you know, why it's lower is just because some of the earlier in the year where he wasn't a regular player in the lineup. Sometimes he'd come in, sometimes he'd play himself out of the lineup for a couple games. Uh, but he's finally put it together now. So I think, you know, he's he's on a path to play a hockey the rest of the way. I agree with that. I really struggle. I think because my expectations were so low, I got to go an A minus just because I really didn't think he was going to be someone. He was like odd man out to me before the season started. And I think he was the guy we both identified as who they might trade out of the defense group. He was. And and for me, he was very much like seventh, potentially even eighth guy uh, on this team for me before the season started. So I clearly had zero expectations for him. He's been phenomenal. We talked about the goal scoring. You talk about his, uh, analytics, his possession metrics there. Uh, you know, technically the best I'd argue Alexiak's when you put everything into perspective a little bit better, but, um, but he's been just fantastic. Uh, his, his outlet passes, 
His, his ability to get the puck out of the zone has been really, really good. And you can tell that he's worked on it throughout the year. It's gotten steadily better. His decision-making's gotten better. His patience with it has gotten better. At the beginning of the year, I think a lot of what was really keeping him out of the lineups was the moment he was getting the puck in his own zone, he was just launching it up the ice. And it was just like, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> like, like, you're just turning it over or you're creating this havoc in the neutral zone that doesn't need to be there. Um, really the, the biggest thing you could say about him at this point, negative is just stop wearing a left skate. Stop putting <laughs> the puck in the net. Cause you're wearing a left skate. Just go out there, one skate, get it done. Yep. I mean that, that's one way to solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm desperate. I'm, I'm grasping at straws when it comes to that one. Cause I've never seen anything like it. I know that luck just needs to turn around and hopefully it does going forward. Mm-hmm. So next, Jeremy Lozon. Mm-hmm. Now, this one was a tough grade to give. And I ended up going with a C minus because I was trying to kind of average it out between, you know, like B hockey and like F hockey. You know, a lot of times like WTF hockey, <laughs> you know, from him, especially sure. early in the season. You know, defensive mistakes, bad penalties. You know, it seemed like he was good for one goal against responsible for every game early on in the season but you got to give him some credit because he really has turned a lot of that around the dumb penalties now are probably the next thing that needs to be worked on just a little bit but uh yeah you can definitely see the you know the positive elements in his game that are coming out more often now he's really a work in progress i think uh but i think c minus just about kind of covers it overall what do you think this might be the only time I go lower than you, but I'm giving mm-hmm. him a straight D because I, I just know no passing grade from me, uh, especially because bring in, you know, expectation. You and I were really high on this guy coming in because we saw what he was able to do in Boston and the way Boston used him. And you look at what Haxtell did with him, trying the exact same thing. We're going to sit you out there 68.2% of the time you're starting in the Kraken zone zone. Right. That's that's even higher than in Boston, but it's but not by much. But the idea is you're a big, strong, physical kid. You're good at just handling stuff in defense. Get it the hell out of there. And, and we're we're all good. And he has not done that at all this year. He has not played physically. Right. We can get on Alexiak for for things. But, oh, my gosh, I've seen guys just so much smaller than Lausanne just manhandle him in front of the Kraken zone net. It's cr- just every time can't win board battles at all like doesn't doesn't use his size appropriately and and that's something that he's still struggling with that that wasn't even something that improved when the rest of his game improved and then just the beginning of the season you just knew at least once and and literally at least once usually more there was going to be a time where a goal was going to be scored or the goalie was going to have to do something ridiculous because Lausanne was just going to be watching where the puck was, not paying any attention to what his actual coverage assignment was. And it was just like, he did not do that in Boston last year. That was not the player that we thought we were getting. I don't think that's the player that the Kraken thought they were getting. Certainly Haxtell, the way he's deployed him. Just that was not what it was supposed to be. You look at him starting on pairing with Larson. I really think that was supposed to be their shutdown pair. And then it just turned into Larson frantically scrambling all over the ice to cover up I mean, there was that Vegas game. I still remember when Larson is literally dragging the Vegas player he was he was covering over to try to cover the player Lausanne was not covering, just so that he could try to prevent a goal. I just, I've there's been tons of improvement from Lausanne, but 
but just not quite enough for me. I still want him to get more physical, use his body, use his strength more. Get lower. He plays like he's standing straight up all the time. Bend your knees. That's how you'll get leverage. Right there, that's going to solve all your problems. You're 204. You're going to be fine if you just bend your knees. Um, and then the penalties are just ridiculous. I, yeah. guess he, he, I guess he just didn't know what holding was or that that was a penalty. I've I've seen more holding calls this year than in all games, not just cracking games, than, than for four. But you can't just hug guys and drag them down or, or keep them from getting to the puck. Like, that's just not, you can't do it. No, I mean, you make some very good points there. Very, like, good explanation there behind the D grade. Just boom, boom, boom. One right after the other. Um, yeah, he's, he's still got a ways to go for sure. And, and I mean, certainly expectations. We thought we, it was going to be a different defenseman. The Kraken yes. were getting. Uh, so, on to maybe the flip side of a lot of that, you know, expectation discussion type thing. Will Borgen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give him a b plus and i i so hesitant to hand out these a minuses sorry but um i mean he sat out the first what like 20 games of the season and then came right in and performed better than a lot of the defensemen who had been playing those games early on uh you know great defensively he's physical uh you know doing a lot of the things that we wanted to see from other kraken defensemen but weren't seeing uh moving the puck up too i mean you know he was good at uh rushing the puck up up the ice and we saw that in the preseason but you know kind of had to wait a while to see it in the regular season until he gets into the lineup but really just provided a, a jolt that i think the team needed um recently he's kind of played himself into scratch territory again some bad turnovers in front of the net um, maybe, you know, ha- grabbing on a little bit too much at times, kind of straying from position. Uh, one of those things where he probably just needs to clean up a few of those things in his game. Maybe he's thinking about it a little bit too much. And that's why it drops down to a B plus for me, just because I think the coaching staff kind of now views him as one of those guys in the scratch rotation, but overall really good job from Borgen so far. All right. I'm going to go lower than you again. Really? Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Cause I was going to give him a C plus. Because All right. one, I didn't have super high expectations for him, and, and I didn't have low expectations either. He was he was to me in my mind like the seventh, sixth, seventh kind of guy on the team. So, and he's right. basically played like that. Um, I think we were all very much enamored with his hot start once he finally got into the lineup. But really, that hot start, if we look at it, was like four games. He played like four good games. Like it wasn't a long time, really. He's only played in twelve. So it does feel like more than that, doesn't it? Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't like this huge long stretch of him playing amazing hockey or anything. And then yes, as of late, he's been below average. Like he's not disastrous. He's not like Lausanne was, uh, but he's just not been good. And and everything kind of backs that up. He's not going to produce points really. Um, His aunt, his possession metrics are technically below average but not a ton and they're just not special in any way good or bad and i just think that's that's ultimately what he's been on this team is when he's in the lineup he's just there he's gonna either take a bad penalty or have a bad coverage assignment or he'll cover for somebody else and that'll be that like but there's just no there's no real upside with him that i've been seeing um so yeah can't can't really go that far above above a c then Okay. Well, I'm glad we at least got two where you went uh, below me. This is helping me out a little bit, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Next one, last of the defensemen, is Hayden Flurry. So uh, I'm going to go with a D plus. Yeah, good luck going lower than that, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I'm really. going to go with a D plus. Um, and mostly just because he's kind of played himself out of the lineup most nights now. Uh, the skating remains an issue. Uh, that hasn't really improved very much. Uh, and a- another reason I'm more inclined to be kind of negative about this grade is because we saw for this two-game stretch what he was capable of in mm-hmm. the middle of the season when he was confident, when he was shooting the puck a lot. And I think we were all just kind of wondering where that Hayden Fleury went. I mean, we we saw it. You know, we saw he was doing all the right things, and then it just vanished. Uh, and And just overall, I haven't seen a whole lot special from him so far this season. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with you on the D-plus grade because my expectations were higher from him, especially after his, his little stint at Anaheim to end last year. He was insane in those 12 games. Like, go back, look at his numbers, look at the tape of him. He was fantastic, and I was like, okay, the guy, he's he's finally out of Carolina where he's been stuck buried down on depth charts. He's getting some time. He's He's able to stretch himself out, stretch out his wings, this guy's going to come into the Kraken and he's going to shock the world. And he absolutely did that for one entire game. And that's, that was it. That that was really it. And, and he has not been good the rest of the time. The offense isn't there. I'm right back to where I was with him in Carolina. Shoot the damn puck. You got a fantastic shot. Just shoot the puck. That's all you got to do. Just go out there, shoot the puck. Uh, doesn't want to do that defensively. He's not great. Uh, he's not terrible, but he's not great. Um, so yeah, he's 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 been just kind of below average for me. If if Borgen has been average to slightly above average, Hayden Fleury's been average to slightly below average. All right, but my That's expectations fair. were a lot higher for Fleury, for sure. And I know you you were a fan of his going into the season. Uh, so moving on to the forwards, and we will start with Jared McCann. Now I was debating between A A plus. I'm I'm going to go ahead and just give the A plus because, I mean, certainly expectation wise, I know we, you know, he had done well in the past. He had put up shooting numbers that I think a lot of us probably thought were unsustainable, uh, but he has kept it going very much so and has done everything you could have possibly asked from him. He's stepped up actually beyond that uh, and has been the Kraken's, I think, most dynamic offensive weapon. Uh, I mean, what more could you say about Jared McCann? Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, you know, you can't. If A+, plus, he's the offense. He's also oftentimes the defense. Who would have thought Jared McCann arguably making the biggest def- you know difference defensively of the centers on this team? Did not see that one coming no. at all. Uh, no, he's been fantastic, and yes, he's proven that he can sustain a 15% plus shooting accuracy thing, which he's actually done the last couple of years. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it's been long enough now. We can just say this is who he is. Yeah, you look at his shot, it's super elite. I just, yeah, there's there's nothing yeah. more we got to say. Exactly. So, on to Jordan Eberle. And uh, he's kind of been hot and cold this season. I'm going to go with an A-. minus. Because, yes, I know he's had these long stretches of, you know, not being able to find the back of the net. But at the end of the day, over the full first half of the season, few players on this team have generated as much offensively as he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, that's why the Kraken brought him in. He was supposed to kind of be one of those engines, one of those drivers of their offense. And for a lot of stretches, especially when nobody else seemed to have anything going, 
he was that guy. And I think yeah. he's contributed, you know, a, a kind of what, what we expected from him. And, um, yeah, he's their all-star too. So, you know, he's got that nod as well. You know, not sure how much that means as far as how he's actually played, but I'm going to go with A-. minus. I think there's some consistency that he can improve there as far as being more consistent with how he plays. But yeah, overall, he's done his job. Yeah, I, I'm going to give him... I was right on the A-, minus B plus border. I'm going to give him an A- minus just because he's played better on the power play than I thought. Anybody who listened to me talking about him during the offseason or preseason knew you know not a fan of his on the power play he just disappeared when he was with the islanders uh on the power play hasn't so much this year and that's been really great and yes you know whether it's the goal scoring obviously he's gone through some prolonged droughts when it comes to goal scoring uh but even during those he's generating shots he's been arguably their best passer their most creative passer as far as just trying to get things going at times uh love that and all that's going to push it over the top for me uh, over that line into the A minus. Yeah, I, I think good points all around. Next is Yanni Gord, and I'm going to give him a B plus. And it was kind of a tough one to grade because you look at expectations going into the season, where you look at what he had done with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You knew he was this elite shutdown center, and you think, well, is he going to play that role on the Kraken? Kind of almost like a Vince Dunn type of conversation. Like, well, what what is he going to do? Is it going to be different? And I think he's basically stayed this elite shutdown center. He stayed the player that, that we knew had done it very well. He's provided a ton of energy. I mean, you know, that fight in this past game, you know, he's fearless. He'll, he'll go toe-to-toe with anyone, and he just does what he does. He's Yanni Gord. And so for that, I'll say B+. What keeps it from being an A... It's just that he didn't grab this kind of offensive 1C role that we thought he might step into. And I think that's, you know, looking at it from the start of the season, that's probably what it was going to take to get an A. He's done everything that he's done in the past really well, but he just didn't grab that offensive one center role and kind of grow into it. Yeah. And now offensive one center role that you thought he would grab, because <laughs> I, I didn't think he was going to do it um, and he didn't. And honestly, he has not been the same defender that he was in Tampa either. He is he is not playing to the level that I remember seeing uh, on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the numbers kind of back that up. His possession metrics, all that kind of stuff. I just think that part of that is you know you don't have the protection that the Lightning you know lineup gives you. Uh, yeah. And and part of that is you know really you think about all the times he was fantastic for the Lightning. It was always in the playoffs. He, he's one of these guys, he steps up his game when he absolutely has to. Kraken have not put him in a position to need to do that, uh, to get him going. And and yeah, I just thought he he is such a great personality, all that stuff. But I don't feel like he helped them get out of these losing streaks. Like he wasn't, he, he goes out there and he'll fight Radko Gudis and that kind of stuff, but always in games, always when times are good. He wasn't really doing that stuff when times were bad. He wasn't going out there trying to fire the team up and all that stuff. So I, I just think it's it's one of those things. So because my expectations was that he would just be kind of, you know, Yanni Gordon Tampa, but just with more ice time here. And he kind of hasn't totally been that. I gave him a B because he's still been good. But uh, but yeah, just just kind of, you know, not, not super exciting from him, unfortunately. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like you uh, kind of bring it up during the losing streaks because he is one of those guys you would think they could rely upon to fire everyone up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it, you kind of let those losing streaks get him down a little bit too. Mm -hmm. uh, 
next is Jaden Schwartz. And uh, they already know my grade on this because I used it as an example. Um, I I'm going with a C. This one was another difficult one because you kind of try and wrestle with the expectations. I know we were both pretty high on him going into the season. We thought this was going to be a perfect fit for him. I think we had both picked him to be, you know, the, the scoring leader in some, whether it was goals mm -hmm. or assists or points. I know in some of those categories, uh, we had figured he would be the leader. Um, and, and while his numbers, you know, do look okay, I think it's just missing that kind of, you know, game-breaking quality at times that we thought that we'd see from him. You know, a lot of the times, even when he was collecting points, he just kind of looked invisible out there. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, one thing that weirdly may help his case is the fact that he has missed the last couple weeks, uh, you know, with an injury, and you've seen the team suffer for that, uh, especially a guy like Jordan Everly, who had great chemistry with him. Uh, so it's kind of showing his value there by having him out of the lineup. But I, I just got to go with a C, average. Yeah. Uh, I, I would give him a C as well. Um, you bring that up. Up until this last week, haven't haven't seemed to be missing him too much this last week. That is true. Really, the place that they're missing him and and the place that he he was already underperforming on is the power play, and and it's kind of crazy because I expected a lot more from him on the power play. Certainly, kind of filling that net front presence kind of role uh, to get things going wasn't really doing that on the power play. That being said, I still think the power play was better with him as a part of it. Um, yeah, just just not quite there kind of playing. He's just the same player he was in St. Louis. Like, just just not really any different. Slightly worse. And, and as you said, for me, the biggest thing is just you just don't even notice him. The games that he's in, he's just there. And really, a lot of the beginning of the season, I felt like he just was struggling to figure out what his place on the team was. And I don't entirely know that he ever figured that out. Right. I, I kind of think of trying to, you know, what his role is. And I, I, I kind of struggle to be able to really define it, to outline it, given what we've seen. Like, he's always been a power forward, but he wasn't playing like a power forward. He was he oh. was net front, but he wasn't ever in front of the goalie. It wasn't tipping shots. He wasn't really in positions for rebounds. He was just kind of hanging out there. I just feel like he should be playing like Ryan Donato is playing, and he's not. Exactly. That's you know that's actually a great comp there. And while we're talking about it, let's go into Ryan Donato. A plus. I yep. I think we're we're gonna agree on this one. And certainly when you factor in expectations, I mean, you know, signed just to that one year prove it deal after not being able to find a spot in San Jose, in Minnesota, in Boston. This was probably the last stop in his career if he didn't turn things around. And uh, he has done everything possibly could have asked for him and more. Uh, just his drive to the net, his willingness to shoot the puck, uh, you know, and, and the hockey sense too. I mean, having you know, making some of these passes that he's made and, and just the mindset that I think a lot more Kraken players need to have as far as how you generate offense in the NHL, how you score goals, especially when you're in a slump, when times aren't good, throwing the puck on net. I, I mean, we, I could go on for an hour. I'm sure you could too mm -hmm. about how great Ryan Donato has been, but A+. plus. Yeah, for sure. A+, plus. big thing, consistency. He's been arguably the only consistent Kraken forward, him and Tanev. They're the only two that were consistent, only two that, that from day one were like, okay, we're going to go grind it out in the corners. We're going to grind it out on our way to the net. We're going to make sure we're doing the, the dirty things that result in goals or result in dangerous chances. 
only two guys to do that. And then since Tanev's been out, Donato has been, you know, left to, to do that all by himself and he's done it and he's looked fantastic. A plus my expectations were probably that he would have been waived by now. Yeah. Realistically. And, and, and I watched a lot of him with San Jose last mm-hmm. season. Uh, and I, I was skeptical that it would work out, but I mean, credit to him. He's also always one of the last guys out there, you know, at the end of practice, you know, just working really hard behind the scenes to really taking this opportunity seriously. And it's a great lesson for, for players everywhere, really, as far as, you know, what you can do when you really work hard at something and, and have the right mindset. Yep. So let's move on to a guy you just mentioned, Brandon Tanev. And I got to go with an A-plus also. Mm-hmm. You look at his goal scoring early in the season. I don't think any of us expected that kind of run from him. You know, it kind of normalized out, you know, regressed the mean a little bit uh, as the season went on. But at the end of the day, he just brought 110% energy every single game. I mean, you know what you're getting from him. And it's just so valuable, so, you know, rare to see a guy who can bring that all the time, every single day. Uh, and the impact it has on the team is just incredible. Plus, you know, even though he's out with the ACL injury, He's going to be joining the broadcast booth. He's going to be doing these other things. I think he deserves an A++ for that because even though he's not playing, he's still contributing to the organization. He's still out there. So, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Brandon Tanev. Yeah, uh, A++ for me as well. You know, the goal scoring kind of dried up when teams stopped giving him multiple breakaways a game, uh, which, <laughs> you know, could be expected. That'll do it. It could be expected. Uh, but, yes, you know, talking to all the same stuff you said, really all the same stuff we said about Ryan Donato, for me the big thing was this is the only guy we ever saw get pissed off when they were losing. And that's big for me. Mm-hmm. Talk, going way back to when they were in their first big losing streak, him snapping his stick over the over the boards there, coming off the ice, that was the turning point for them in that Colorado game. They came out into that third, played like a different team, and then went on a stretch where they beat a lot of really good teams. And I – and. If you're going to see that level of emotion before you've made it to the locker room, I can only imagine what he said and did in that locker room that resulted in all that. So for me, uh, he gets the extra plus just for the on-ice leadership that he had when other guys with letters on their chests haven't ha- always had it. For sure. All right, moving on to Alex Wenberg. And uh, sorry to be a downer here after a couple A-pluses. But uh, I'm going to give him a D. I mean, you look at the contract that he was given in the offseason and what Kraken management basically said. They expected him to be a top six center. And frankly, he's kind of played his way out of the top six. You know, you look at McCann and and Gord there having these top two center roles. And I, I think Wenberg, he's definitely had his moments this season. You know, he's made some good passes. He's he's a good playmaker. We know what he brings. Um but he's just kind of slipped on that recently. And even defensively, where I think he really did excel in the start of the season, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. And I just don't think he's really met expectations. Which, again, it's one of those, maybe we were wrong for having those high expectations, right? But maybe. when the organization has it and pays him yeah. accordingly, yeah, that's, no. that's what I think it's justified. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But again, it's also... At 27, should we expect guys to to suddenly blossom into something that maybe they haven't been on multiple teams already, right? Like, because uh, the bottom line is he's he's again he's another guy he's ha- he's playing the same season that he played last year in Florida. He, he actually technically defensively he's slightly better, 
it the only difference has been that his shooting percentage has dropped from a ridiculous 20% to a more reasonable 7% for him given how little he shoots the puck that's kind of all it's ever going to be anyway uh you'd have to volume your way out of that so that's that's been the only difference between last year and this year for him is the goals the goals are not there but again did we expect him to say a 20% 20% on only 82 shots last year he was never going to turn into a top scorer regardless of what role you put him in give him all the all the opportunities in the world if he's never going to shoot the puck how's he supposed to score 25 goals a year right like so um i i just think it's one of those play same ice time all that kind of stuff as last year in Florida. So I just think it was one of those that, that yes, all of us, Ron Francis and the organization included, just got the expectations totally wrong. I'm still going to give him a, a C just because I do think that he's, he has been in some ways as advertised. He's been a two-way presence. Do, I was dubious about him potentially being a top, a, a one C, but I think he's been right in there in that two C three C kind of, kind of role. That is realistically what I thought he was going to be back when we were like, doing our mock lineups and everything. Right. I mean, middle six center was certainly what he kind of had been in the past. So give him a C and uh, you'll reserve the D for Ron Francis for the signing then, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of a ridiculous expectation. Again, just look at shooting percentage. All GMs need to do this at free agency. Don't we have an analytics department? I know. When you see a big bump in goals like that, like like he had last year, maybe look and see if that was the case. And... uh, it probably just wasn't because he was in Florida. Yeah. So. So next is uh, another enigma here. Jonas Donskoy. Uh, man, I, you, you got to mention the, the zero goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's doing all the right things. It's it's one of those that's really tough to grade. Um, I'm going to give him a B minus because... For most of the season, he's been doing all the right things. He's been generating offense. He's been involved on the power play and the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just don't look at the, you know, the goal stat, take that away. He's kind of, you know, gone in and, and done a good job as far as what's been expected of him. Um, but, you know, what keeps it from being higher, obviously, is just the expectation that he would contribute some goals. Mm-hmm. And on a team that really, really needs that, uh, he just hasn't. So tough one to grade. Um but but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I'm solid B for Donskoy because he's he's done everything and more through every facet of the game except being on the score sheet. So it keeps you from being an A, right? There's kind of like five five things you got to be doing. One of which is scoring. If you if you got four of the five, you get a B. That's just the way it works. Okay, there we go. Dylan going into his uh, kind of grading scale there a little yeah. bit. But but you know the bottom line is yes fixture on special teams he's been absolutely fantastic there talk about Donato and Tanev kind of at times being the only consistent guys driving the net doing that stuff he's really been another consistent guy offensively plays very different style to the other two he's not going to like try to power his way to the net front or anything like that but tons and tons of games where he was the only guy seemingly trying on offense for sure uh, so next is Boy Boy Cali, Cali Yarncroak. Now, I may be letting recency bias get in the way a little bit here. I'm going to go with a B minus because it's tough. You kind of have to average it out. For a long time, he struggled to find a place on the team, find his proper role, was not scoring, wasn't doing a whole lot of anything that was expected of him. But recently, he's just been on fire. 
So I'm going to average it out to a B minus because the the on fire stretch has been you know fewer games than the the stretch where he's trying to find himself. But that's where I'm at. This one is tough for me because I had probably unrealistically high expectations for him just because I'm such a fan of his. And mm-hmm. and really, even while he's been on fire, he isn't doing what I thought he was going to be doing at all, which is just be this plug and play kind of guy bouncing all around the lineup, coming in on special teams and and all sorts of stuff. So it's it's really hard for me to grade because I do feel like even when he was struggling to find a place in the lineup, he was playing good hockey. Like he was always consistent right. and he was doing, you know, good things. It was just he wasn't clicking and now he's finally clicking and he's performing. So I I guess I'll give him a B because he wasn't bad. Even when the numbers weren't there for him, he wasn't bad. He was still excellent on the PK for them. Uh he was he was trying to do stuff on the power play, just never worked with what everybody else was seemingly trying to do. Um, but it wasn't bad. So yeah, I, just just kind of a B for me. Um, he's slightly better than I think he was last year, uh, when you look at everything. So, you know, just, I think my expectations were probably a little too high. Mm-hmm. That's some, a trap that we all fall into, I think, with, with some players that yeah. we like, but it's understandable. Uh, so next is Morgan Geeky and I'm going to give him a B. Uh, this is another kind of difficult one as we get here toward the, you know, the bottom six, these can get difficult. Um, because you look at expectations and, and that's was really the difficult part. You know, you had some people thinking that, oh, he shouldn't have even been the pick. They should have gone with Jake Bean. What are they doing drafting this, you know, fourth line center type of thing? On the other hand, you had people saying, hey, if anyone's going to be there, William Carlson, this is it. You know, he's got a great shot. He's got the scoring ability and he could really break out. And I think the result has I don't want to say it's been in the middle. It's just been different because I think the team had something different in mind for him than what we were maybe thinking, especially after that first game against Vegas, that snipe there to tie the game. We're like, okay, here we go. He's going to be, you know, the surprise scoring machine here. That's going to supply the goals. And he certainly hasn't been that, but I think that's because the team has just put him in this role where he has been playing center pretty much all season. Very difficult to do at a young age like that. Mm -hmm. He's been getting some very difficult minutes too. Uh, and he's done admirably in that spot. He's been responsible defensively, you know, much better than someone really of his age you would expect to do. Um, and, you know, on the power play, it's kind of been off and on. He's had a couple flashes, but ultimately not really a fixture there. Um, so, yeah, kind of a mixed bag, but I'm going to go with a B. The coaching staff still speaks really highly of him and how he's been able to progress. Um, but obviously to get into a territory, you kind of needed to tap into some more of that upside that we thought was going to be there. Uh, I'm going to give him C plus. Okay. Cause really the only thing he's done is come in and, and be consistent on the faceoff dot, which is the only thing that, you know, I kind of, I, we knew was going to happen with him. I just feel like, yes, I think those first couple games gave us a false impression of who he was going to be where he looked like he was going to really be able to do some things offensively and he looked good. But the bottom line is as, as the team has become more synergized as the systems are being more put into place, he has not fit in with everybody else. And he hasn't really fit into that at all. Uh, I just think he's a guy who is, he's going to be a fourth line guy. I don't see the upside anymore from those first couple games. It's just not there. Uh, the shot's pretty good, but 
the the times in which he'll use it not always the best like like just his situational awareness at times has struggled and uh yeah i i just don't i just don't see it anymore mm-hmm. super sheltered too i mean you yeah. talk about zone starts just they're they're putting him in the positions to be successful and be that guy that we all want him to be and not really once outside of the first two weeks of the season has he kind of you know grabbed the bull by the horns and 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 really done it so yeah i don't know that they're necessarily putting him in the positions to be kind of the scorer that we wanted him to be i think you know they're still kind of uh focused on having him be that center that that wins draws even if they give him you know the offensive zone starts um but it's it's interesting that hearing hearing how Haxtell talks about him it's it's very much a you know we put him in some really you know kind of like tough spots where he's not expected to score and so that's why he's not scoring um but yeah it's interesting It'll, to see also at the second half how he does too if they kind of change how they use him we've seen him move to wing you know every now and then i don't know yeah i mean i'm just saying you know second most sheltered guy on the team behind jordan everly Oh, for sure. As far as the regulars. Like, they are putting him in those spots, and I think the expectation is there that he would score more. Like, you're not just putting him out there because it's like, all right, we need to win this offensive zone faceoff, and then whatever (laughs) happens is fine. Like, that's Mm -hmm. nobody's, no coach is doing that. Nobody's doing that. And again, if you're going to be out there that many times and win as many faceoffs as he does, got to contribute on offense. Yeah, for sure. All right. Real quick, I'm going to just kind of call this audible here and see if we can find it. what his on ice shooting percentage is, because uh, that that made me think it's probably 8%. okay. Yeah, that's, that's about average. I was yeah. wondering if it was kind of low because I felt like a lot of times we've talked about geeky being on a line with you know a couple guys, but like hey, I like this you know blank geeky blank line. Mm-hmm. You know, they're generating a lot of chances, but it feels so rare that they actually score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Cause, yeah, he's because and he does that himself. He takes a ton of shots. Nothing nothing goes in, and very few are even actually on net anymore. Yeah. That's true. I, I think it's it's one of those also where you just try and find the perfect shot after you haven't scored in a while. Just think that's what I need. Uh, but but that's I don't not. No, he's kind of a volume guy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and to be not on net, like you shoot a lot, but you try and find the the perfect shot as far as I'm gonna you know go top corner here and just misses the net. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> uh, next is Marcus Johansson, and I'm gonna give him a B plus because he was kind of this afterthought free agent signing. Uh, I, I certainly didn't have high expectations for him. Uh, you know, certainly after his last season uh, in Minnesota, he seemed like he was probably on the tail end of his career, wasn't contributing a whole lot more. Uh, but he has found a very useful place in this Kraken lineup as one of the few guys who will bring a lot of offensive creativity. Uh, and it's something that really the team needs. And uh, he's been kind of on that first line with McCann and Everly for this last little while. Uh, and he looked like he fit in there. So I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A minus. He fixed the power play when it needed fixing. Mm-hmm. A, hey, could use fixing again. Maybe maybe do that again. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's been really, really good. My expectations for him were nothing. Like I was like, I, again, maybe not that they would waive him, but that he was going to just be stuck on the fourth line, kind of be one of those guys that was going to be a one year, first year inaugural season kind of guy. And we're just going to be done with him after that. And uh, he's, he's found a place, especially on the power play. He's contributing in all three areas of the game. Can't, can't knock him for any of that other than, you know, just not, not like super duper special. 
Like, but again, yeah. he's, he he wasn't going to be. So um, A minus for me. Yep. Uh, next is Mason Appleton, and another one where like, how much do you want recency bias to factor in here? Because he has played really, really well of late, uh, and it just kind of took him a while to get things going. Um, you know, I'm going to give him, I, I kind of bounced around between the C plus B minus because it took him a while to get going. Um, I think I'll go with the C plus just because it, it did take a long time. I also kind of want to factor in maybe the injury too. Mm-hmm. That's tough that he had to deal with earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, he's been really good recently. Still has some of those positioning issues, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we've seen from him that hasn't been totally cleaned up. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with C plus with definitely, you know, some room to improve. And it looks like he's on that trajectory. Yeah. It's, it's one of these where he's actually playing surprisingly well. If you look at things, it's just not in any of the places we thought we thought he was going to be the surprise potential 20 goal scorer. If he, if everything goes right, like we loved what he was trying to do offensively in Winnipeg. We thought, okay, if he gets the expanded role here, that's going to take off And the bottom line is it hasn't. And neither him nor the coaching staff is really trying to make it happen. They're using him as a defensive shutdown forward and he's doing it. Like, so it's, it's one of those, I think he's playing really, really good hockey. It's not at all the kind of hockey we thought we were going to get from him, but even the times where the offense was nowhere to be seen, he was not being seen in the, in the offensive zone really at all. Like you wouldn't notice him. Well, it's because he was just grinding it out in the defensive zone and more often than not doing a pretty good job at it. So for me, I got to give him a, a B just because he's been such a good guy and to have in the defensive zone. Um, just, yeah. You know, if the offense was there kind of like with Donskoy, he's doing everything right, except he's just not scoring. Uh, but with, you know, slightly different than Donskoy, but uh, <laughs> in that he's not put in the same positions to score like Donskoy is. But but yeah, Mason Appleton I think is is really kind of being you know an, an under undervalued, under talked about guy right now for this team. Yeah, and you make a good point about expectations too. You know, it's not the kind of way we expect him to play, but that's through no fault of his own. That's mm-hmm. just kind of how the team's utilizing him. So yeah, you're right. It's probably good to take some of that off of him. Uh, next is Colin Blackwell. Now another tough one because it it feels kind of like he's just getting started. He missed all of training camp, uh, you know, came in late that was on COVID protocol. You know, he's had injury things to deal with. Um, it hasn't been easy for him. And I mean, I guess I like his game too. So I'm trying to avoid that type of bias. <laughs> uh, again, he's another guy where I was kind of on the C plus B minus, you know, bubble with, I, I guess if I'm going to be fair with Appleton giving a C plus, I'll give Blackwell a C plus as well. Um, I, I think we can still see a lot more from him, uh, but but the little bit I've seen, you know, it's been okay. It took him a little while to get used to things. Again, I mean, how many times are we going to talk about it? He's the same player he was last year. Yeah, like he just he just didn't turn into something more the the way we were hoping that he would. And again. Should we be putting that on 28-year-olds to come somewhere new and totally reinvent themselves and become superstars? Probably not. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so in that sense, the expectation hasn't been there. But, you know, he, he's he's scoring at the same clip. He's bringing the same stuff to everything. Really the only place he hasn't lived up to where I really thought he was going to shine 
is on special teams, particularly the power play. I thought he was going to be like a secret weapon on the power play. He has agreed. He has not turned into that at all. Um, but again, that that might have been just unrealistic from me to to expect that too. Uh, I'm going to give him a C plus. Okay, so there we go. We we found a little more agreement there. And uh, last of the forwards here, well, last of all the players, uh, Riley Shayan. And I think you talk about expectations. Mm-hmm. This is someone who we expect just about nothing from. Uh, going into the season, I thought he was just going to be a good addition to the Charlotte Checkers, and that's kind of where we were going to see him. But he has actually been one of the Kraken's best defensive forwards. You know, over seventy percent D zone starts. He's been huge on the PK, and especially recently, he's been more creative offensively than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. You know, he's really good at setting screens, doing all that kind of stuff. So I- I've got to give him an A. I mean, absolutely. You know blew past all the expectations I had. Yeah, he's actually, he's increased his offensive output a lot as far as shots and stuff go. He's just been, like, ridiculously unlucky. 3.3% shooting percentage, Oof. which for anybody is low. Uh, especially him, that's that's really low. You're looking at a career more, you know, around 9%. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, a place that we're going to maybe start seeing him produce some more. But yeah, I thought maybe slightly higher expectations than you. I thought he was going to do what he's done everywhere, which is he's going to play 50 to 60 games and, and be around when you need the more veteran guy. But there are going to be times when you're going to be wanting to test out Morgan Geeky at center or someone else, right? And and he's going to be out of the lineup. And then come playoff time, if you need him, you've got that kind of veteran guy who's 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 done done that sort of thing before. Um, but yeah, no, he's just been fantastic. Can't say enough about him on the PK just from day one too. He was their top forward penalty killer and he has not really let go of that mantle at all. So, uh, love, love what we've been getting from Shahan. A, yep. a plus so, as far as I'm concerned. There you go. <laughs> Let's get a yep. grade. Yep. Uh, so that's it for, uh, the player grades. Yep. Halfway through the season. Looking forward to doing this, you know, at the end of the season, too. It'll be fun to kind of revisit this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and see how they've uh, done in the second half of the season. I think, you know, a lot of uh, room for improvement and certainly in the trajectory the team's going. I think we could see a lot of higher grades, too, uh, by the end of the season. For sure. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Deep Dive as well. Uh, nice, nice, big, long one, hour and a half special Uh wasn't wasn't totally expecting that but I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out and i think everybody else is going to be as well so uh thanks everybody for joining us on the deep dive uh can't wait for you know to see how the kraken do this week after the last week that they've had got some speaking of expectations expectations are getting a little higher now for this team they did a good job of lowering them it's about as low as they can go <laughs> but uh but things are looking up and uh i couldn't be happier about that and i i know you feel the same way Uh, All right, so we will see you all next time.